0: Hi everybody, you are listening to At The Moment Podcast with Jules. We have a new jingle this week. That's because I managed to spill red wine on my computer. And so all the files, including my music and my interview with Liz Ord, is temporarily unavailable. But hopefully it will be recovered soon. In this episode, I interviewed the brilliant Zeynep Erilmaz. Zeynep was born and raised in Ankara, the capital of Turkey. Zeynep's interests include history, journalism, and politics, and in her teens she volunteered for various projects. In this interview, we talked about the latest project she was a part of called Genes for Refugees. We also talked about the misconceptions people have about Turkey, about different ideologies, about radical feminism, and much more. So let's just get into it. Here it is, my interview with E Erilmaz.
1: How do you pronounce your name? My first name is Jemile. It's written in like... Semil? Yeah, yeah, Semil. Yeah. Yeah. Samil but I prefer Zainab.
0: Zeynep. Zeynep?
1: Yeah, Z-E-Y-N-E-P. So, okay. yeah.
0: Do you have any nicknames?
1: <laughs> nicknames, Zeyno. Zeyno? Yeah, the shorter version of Zeyno. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> How long did you study law? Two years. Two years, right.
1: In Turkey, law is four years course. In the half, I quit it and came here for studying filmmaking. Ah. yeah, it was a big change.
0: That's a big change. Yeah. <laughs> why did you decide to change,
1: change from? It. Law? I love history and politics, so I think, yeah, why not? We can. I can study law.
0: Yeah. But
1: after two years, after I saw how practical and like how logical it is, mm-hmm. I decided to change it in filmmaking.
0: Do you like to be more creative maybe?
1: Or? Yeah, and um, I was always interested, and I'm still, I'm always interested in performative arts. I'm a ballet master. I've been doing ballet since I was six. Oh. And for my new short film, for my school project, I will act as a dancer and I will dance in my <laughs> short film. Oh. So I... Uh, I have this connection with state. Yeah. And, yeah.
0: So your family is Turkish? Yes. Yeah? Like, your whole extended family is Turkish? Yes. I've been to Turkey myself, um, but I've only been, like, around Alanya.
1: Oh, touristical, like, summer holidays. Very, very touristy. We don't prefer, as Turkish people, we don't prefer these places. No, so. I can imagine. Yeah.
0: But one thing that I noticed about um, about Alanya, I don't know about other areas in Turkey, but it, around that area, um, you only see tourists and then you see Turkish men. But I don't see. On the streets. On the streets, yeah, but I never see women walking outside. Is it like that uh, where you come from as well?
1: Uh, I'm from capital Ankara. Um, it's not like that in my city, but we have these conflicts between traditions of East and cultural values and like transformations of West. And mm. also in Turkey, there is like a huge gap between cities culturally, socially, also politically. Mm. Politically, Turkey has two like poles, two mm. different poles. So Republicans for us means liberty, mm-hmm. equality. They were like social democrats. Okay. Yeah, and south, south part of Turkey believes and supports that political perspective, mm-hmm. but in countryside like Alanya, Alanya, Alanya can be a touristical place, but Turkish people don't go there because mm-hmm. it's a like village it's a village not a city that's why yeah it also irritates me when i always see men on the street i also uh, noticed it when i'm in istanbul like women are on also on the street but you see usually men yeah but for example in the north part it's not like that you see equality Mm. in countrysides we still have these problems uh, last year, I went to see a film called Mustang, M mm. U S T A N G. It is nominated for Oscar, and the filmmaker was an independent Turkish uh, woman filmmaker, mm. and uh, yeah, it was focused on a small village in countryside with. Four sisters. Uh, it was like Sofia Coppola's um, virgin suicide. Yeah. So it was interesting, but it, it reflects countryside, not cities. Mm. Cities in Turkey are not like that. As a feminist, I'm not a nationalist or like I don't believe in those national rituals or like those days, those charismatic men leaders. But as bounds to your country, ...to your geography... Mm. ...then my Danish friend told me... ...oh, you're feminist... ...feminism in Turkey... She was surprised that you were he was, a feminist? Yeah, he was so she, surprised... Okay. ...then I thought that... ...what do you think that people... <laughs> ...do in Turkey... ...I mean, politically I know... ...and culturally I know there are struggles... ...and like, I, I'm not happy with that... ...feminism is part of my identity... ...as a mm. woman when a Danish friend told me, like, I mean, he means, he secretly means that you can't be feminists in Turkey. They're all men's and like, you are oppressed. Then I feel like, Mm. oh my God, that's what we see, like orientalistic perspective of Turkey. Mm. Um, I can't say that we are a Middle East country, but I can't also say that we are a Western country. Mm. So it's always, yeah, yeah, we are in between and, this position uh, creates lots of gaps and differences, city to city yes. and even village to village in Turkey.
0: Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. It's good to hear like a different side uh, of Turkey than then you than see new... mainstreaming
1: media yeah,
0: and, and in because, newspapers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How was your childhood?
1: Mm my childhood I was like a really active kid mm-hmm. and like unstoppable. Mm-hmm. I was unstoppable. I had always troubles with authority at school. I had like so many problems. I mean I was good with friends. Mm-hmm. I was like the leader of the games and like I was invented I was inventing games and I was like so outgoing mm-hmm. so cheerful and all but for teachers and lecturers for sitting down and I was a successful student but like I had really some problems some individual problems with going to school I remembered myself crying every night really? yeah when I was at seven and eight because I don't want to go to school yeah. I still do think that some of my like individual problems is related with my lecturer in primary school she was so strict and like she was a perfectionist i don't know it was like so complicated but i i have some anger towards my lecturers Mm -hmm. (laughs) that i need to solve probably (laughs) as i'm getting older Imagine me like in a relationship therapy and like, (laughs) and the problem, and we got to know that the problem is my lecture. You know, it can be. I really,
0: (laughs) you're taking it out on your future husband or something.
1: (laughs) Wow. But I can say that growing up with my family and in Ankara, it's not different than growing up like in a Western culture. Mm. And also in Turkey, the education is based on Western cultures. Mm. Actually, the Turkish Republic was established in 1923. And our leader, Atatürk, which means father of Turks, I remember a speech from him which said, work till you become more than like Western culture.
0: Okay, better than.
1: Better than Western culture. But this is Always like a thing to us to achieve these Western countries, and for us Middle East, yes. Eastern, like or like Syria and those countries, or those countries also in Asia, yeah. like I can I can call Malaysia, India, they were all bad for in our culture and in our education. It's still oh. in national in national education. It's still. Forget about like the down part, like yeah, or the, the south. south southern part. It's full of Arabs and like camels. Forget about and like full of desert. Uh. Forget about it. Go to West. Go to West. <laughs> this is, I can say that this is what our education is based on. And still like still. Like my my sister, she's studying in like the oldest college in Turkey, which is established in Ankara. Mm-hmm. And Atatürk was a founder of this college. And I also like went there and studied there. So mm-hmm. she's also like growing up with these values. Yeah, this, for mm-hmm. Turkey, I can say that my education is based on go to West, <laughs> never look East, never look East. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I don't agree with that. <laughs> Well, yeah, this is this was my education. Wow,
0: well, that's so interesting to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long have you lived here? Two years now.
1: One year, one year. Mm. I don't think that I will do my masters in Britain.
0: Where do you want to go?
1: Maybe France.
0: You would fit very well in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: what? yeah. I, I I've been into Paris like yeah? several times because yeah. when I was in high school. My, my god, my mother, my mother was like, her taste changed. Okay. But for this period, he fell in love with Paris. She fell in love with Paris. So, uh, um, every (laughs) weekend, not every weekend, but twice, like... Every uh, other weekend? Yeah, every other weekend... We went. We used to go to Paris, and like af- after two or three weekends, you were like, "Enough, okay, I got Paris, all right." So, <laughs> yeah, maybe, but my French isn't that good. Yeah. <laughs> Come <Yeah>. on to tapas, <laughs> yeah. and of course, Je t'aime. Yes, <laughs> t'aime. Yeah, and
0: c'est mon devoir. Oh, I mean. Yeah. It would be amazing to read her in
1: her own language. Yeah, yeah. Her
0: books in the in the original language.
1: And also, there are so many French philosophers, Lacan, Foucault. Uh, it would be amazing to like read them mm. in their own language. But mm. I want to ask you a question: yeah. Why do you think philosophers are usually from French? What is this um, magical thing about France?
0: Um, I think their their culture is so rich, and I think their history is full of uh, full of romance and nostalgia and feelings, and I think it's just part of their culture to speak in a very deep way and have deep conversations. <laughs> I know, probably. When did you first get into politics and why?
1: Why? Because of my geography. I mean, these struggle and conflicts. For example, I have got friends from Scandinavia and also West Europe, like France or like Norway, Sweden, Denmark... And here also, with British people, when I try to talk about politics, for example, not with Spanish people, but with British people, when I start to talk about politics, I don't like generalizations. But for my friends, uh, they're not aware of what's going on, except like Great Britain. Mm.
0: You mean the young people? Yeah,
1: young people. And um, people from Scandinavian geography... Mm. I know that they have a great life. <laughs> I know yeah. that they are lucky to born in Scandinavia. We are extremely lucky.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: I don't see like a Scandinavian people who is like really into politics as young people.
0: Mm. Personally, I think it's uh, because for me, I've moved. I've lived five years in America. I've lived uh, three or something years in Switzerland and a bit in Paris. Oh. And now London. So I've lived in, in around, and I think that's made me more interested in politics because I see different cultures. See, I see every, like more more struggle than we see on if in, you only live yeah. in Norway. Yeah, very, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. When I was in high school, we have like an international um, studies called like it it's it's a mixture of geography sociology and history in international baccalaureate program mm. and i had a lecturer he saw that i'm really interested in history mm. uh, he made me interested in marxism mm. after i learned marxism like after i was really into marxism uh, i was 15 or like 16 probably mm. i began to Um, look different like alternatives uh, alternative news Mm. different from like mainstreaming media personally i can say history comes before like comes before politics for Mm. me
0: okay so you're firstly interested in history yeah and then politics yeah well history does say something about politics doesn't it
1: yeah <laughs> history, yeah,
0: what are the different things you've worked for?
1: Oh, um, like two weeks ago, I was in the project called Jeans for Refugees, but it's it's an art project with Johnny Darr, the artist painted celebrities' Jeans, which was auctioned um mm. and donated to National Rescue Committee. but um i start I started as an intern last May. April in this project jeans for refugees Mm. but I realized how an artist can be more political than I thought I mean the exhibition started on Monday till Sunday Mm. just the uh, previous Sunday we were in the uh, exhibition space and like we were working crazily I remembered we walked into 5 p.m and I walked out at 6 30 a.m. from Saatchi. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But um, on Sunday, I learned that Johnny couldn't come because uh, on his way to airport, he decided to change his way and went to Calais, France, for a refugee camp, which is demolished by government. After I heard this news, I, I was like, I mean... I worked really hard for this project, but it. I thought that it's really worth. I know that for refugees, art projects doesn't mean anything. Mm. I know that. I've always known that. And as a Marxist, I know that how ridiculous it can be seen, like celebrities Victoria Beckham jeans in an exhibition in a Saatchi in an exhibition space, and you called it for jeans. Mm for me jeans for refugees if i like looked at it in a marxist way or like in a politics way jeans for refugees is just like <laughs> an artist try to like make his name heard mm. but when i see it as a filmmaker and artist i can call it interesting interesting way to like to be seen for refugees i can't say that it's a political project but it helped me to change my, like, strict values and, like, Mm. my strict ways to reach the utopia.
0: Okay, so your mind was expanded.
1: Yeah, art helped me to do that. Mm. I want to mention that feminist art. I love feminist (laughs) art. I know, and body art, performance art, performative art. I love Carole Chinaman's work, Mm. and Mm. I remembered one piece of her that she... Scroll a paper from her vagina, and when I first saw her, oh my god, that's what I mean, that's the revolution! Yeah, no, that's a revolution in art, that's a revolution for human body, not like except like giving birth, it gives information, and like it was amazing. It was amazing. And they're like Marina Abramovich, I know that she didn't identify herself like as a feminist and like not yeah she didn't say that i'm a feminist mm. but in her works you see women's experience mm. you see how how woman body affected by these her past soviet union uh, experience mm. or like background oh my god she she like forced the limit of her body mm. and it's amazing to see woman body not, uh, nakedly Controlled by a woman, not like a yeah. not a spectator, not like a man's gaze. It's amazing. Then I thought about uh, feminist films. Perfect examples can be Agnès Varda's *Vagabond*, which is about a traveler, a woman traveler, and also mm-hmm. Chantal Carman. Uh, she unfortunately she died in two thousand fifteen. Agnès Varda is still alive, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> and these are like two. Two of my favorite filmmakers, yeah. and two of them never says that they are like feminists. By feminism, I mean everything which is against patriarchal values, mm. and also hierarchical. Um, feminism for me means that, and um, it doesn't matter which—it's a woman or it's a man who shot the film, but usually woman filmmaker, because they experience and they suffered from patriarchal values they can do feminist films but in mainstreaming, which are called feminist films they're usually shot by men and you can see like this sensitivity of women mm-hmm. <laughs> and like elegance of yeah. women in their films yeah mm-hmm. these are like my yeah. favorite filmmakers like Mia and Chantal Akerman
0: so for you feminism you your feminism is you want to focus on what's what's different from the patriarchy instead of focusing on the problems that the patriarchy...
1: Yes, has with women. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah, I want to focus on political part of feminism, not mm. like cultural or like social feminism as a social issue. Mm. I want to focus on radical things. Mm. In like radical feminism, radical part of feminism. Hmm.
0: But what do you think about the stereotype of a, of like a radical feminist?
1: Um, radical stereotype of radical feminist probably would be with short hairs like, men, Mm -hmm. and with mustache, a bit mustache, probably, I saw, like, I saw (laughs) comics like that, and, like, which is against bras, and, like, which is against having a boyfriend, (laughs) I mean, it's 2016, we are talking about, like, B-genders, people who feel like they feel also like women, and they feel also like men, yeah, so, yeah, and, We have, like, so many different, in LGBT century, we have, like, so different colors of genders. Mm. And, like, still, really, do we have, really, still have those kind of stereotypes which we faced in, like, 1980s or, like, 1970s? I don't believe in, like, stereotypes of feminism. um, Yeah, it's,
0: it's the same as any other stereotype it's a caricature and it's (laughs) it's not the reality it's not the reality at all
1: and um in lgbt century i faced with my as a feminist with Mm my um taste of for example sexual relations Mm -hmm. or um, pornography Mm -hmm. i mean i can't say anything like clear right now because I'm still like trying to find answers but I also think that pornography what is like pornography and what's the part of woman in pornography Mm -hmm. Um, we discussed it with my friends and some of them told me that pornography is like it's so natural but the thing about pornography which irritates me is it's not for like sexual pleasure it's for men's sexual pleasure. Yeah, I don't know that there is... I haven't, like, this uh, researched it, but mm-hmm. I don't know there is an alternative, like, women's sexual pleasure. I mean, there should be. There should be for, like, mm, different genders. There mm-hmm. should be different pornographies. Mm-hmm. But for me, as a feminist, I can say that it's not a problem to have, like, a, a pornography industry um yeah it's not a problem the problem is like it's the mainstreaming pornography it's for men's sexual pleasure mm.
0: um
1: yeah it's it will be interesting to see woman's body for like for woman's own pleasure how will it seem it will be it will be interesting
0: yeah I think there are some some sites out there, but I've only read about like uh, artists who have made their own kind of feminist porn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I think it's very, very rare. I
1: don't, I yes, don't think really there
0: rare. are a lot of options out there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I saw these independent like filmmakers, yeah. pornos. Yeah, they were interesting. critical. They were too critical. But I mean, without critical for only like like a partner, pornography yeah. industry for like yeah. for an industry yeah. i really want to see yeah, i yeah. can say i really want to see how like for not without any critical without any artistic touch mm. only for this pleasure mm. how will it seem for only women and for only pleasure mm. it will be really interesting yeah <laughs> because for women um the way how we A grown-up, it's an international thing. It's like our sexual pleasures. We have this distance between our sexual pleasures. But for men, it's not the same. For them, they're something that they can be proud of. But for us, it's a secret. So, yeah, I think as a filmmaker, I can try that. I can focus on this distance or like this break between woman and her sexual pleasure.
0: Okay. So you're hoping to become a director, producer,
1: um, writer. What? I'm an, I'm really interested in writing. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was studying law, I was a writer in uh, an online newspaper uh, in my university, mm-hmm. and it was like a it was based on students, but also like had some sponsorships from like, big companies mm-hmm. so it was like a, quite professional and mm-hmm. i i was like i was writing about feminist history and i was also like independently writing stories so yeah as a writer mm-hmm. i can be a script writer
0: so what was your first job
1: what was my first job i mean i'm 20 and i haven't got like a proper job mm-hmm. i mean i haven't earned my money yet I mean, no. th- these were, like, only, like, volunteers, volunteer things or, like, um, internships. No, I haven't <laughs> got a job. <laughs>
0: so, now, like, what are you doing the rest of the year in terms of projects?
1: Uh, I've just, like, these jeans dream, for refugees, I was planning to be only an intern for one month, but then it turned into, like, seven seven months project. Mm-hmm. So till Christmas I need to like concentrate on like those short films and my short films is about bourgeoisie, middle class mm-hmm. and I'm dancing in my short films mm-hmm. in some in cinematic ways I'm facing the fact that I'm being a part of middle class even though I like I'm always criticizing these values and like moral values. Or artistic values of middle class. But mm-hmm. after Christmas, I will look for new projects. But probably it will be for like it needs to be related to filmmaking, because I know that I can do voluntarily things. But in our in one of our lecture, when my like when the teacher said that like being a part of festivals and like having. Having this CV. I mean, I have CV, but when I look, when I see my CV, it's full of, like, projects. Mm. I, I've done things for kids' brides, for education, for gender education, mm. with different um, institutions. But it's, like, all about projects. So I need to, yeah, focus on, like, filmmaking other than social issues. Yeah. Next semester, I will be doing that. Okay. Yeah, I will do that.
0: I think it sounds like you've had an you have an amazing CV just as a twenty year old. I feel like that just shows your character how that's that's that looks even better on a CV (laughs) that you have worked for free so many times. But but at some point you have to say okay now I need some money.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But although you're against capitalism hierarchy or like making profit and like you identified yourself as post-Marxism, you need to have a CV, guys. So so now I can't say that I'm against CV because you need to have a CV, guys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good lesson, Mm -hmm. I think, to end on. Don't you think? Yes. Even though though you're a post-Marxist, like it doesn't matter what kind of ideology
1: you have <laughs> you yeah, a in, or like yeah or like you're <laughs> interested in politics and they're already like a critical bohemian yeah. you need to have a CV in the <laughs> end yeah